is never the underdog. Yes, sir. It's never the underdog. What's up, Duke fans? Welcome to the Devil's Den podcast. I'm your host, Josh Smith, joined by my co-host, Raul and Shu. Um, recording this Sunday night. So, um, you know, Duke beats Oral Roberts in the first round, 74-51, before eventually falling to 4 seed Tennessee, 65-52 in Orlando. Not the, not the outcome that all of us wanted. I think we all kind of felt we were riding pretty high heading into this thing. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about the NCAA tournament, kind of do some season perspective overall, um, and, you know, dabble a little bit into this off-season chatter stuff here. Uh, if you're looking and following along to the numbers wise, Duke finishes the season 20th in Ken Palm and 12th in the final AP poll had the five seed out in the East there. So let's talk about Oral Roberts first. I think this was a game, uh, a lot of the pundits were kind of having fun with, I think Duke fans felt pretty good, but a pretty tough draw there. Um, 12 over fives, always, a a kind of an upset pick shout out to Norlander for picking Oral Roberts to make the sweet 16. Duke starts the game on a 15-0 run here. Um, couldn't ask for a better start. So let's start at that point. Shu, what was going on for you when you saw that? Were you able to kind of sit back, relax, or were you still kind of stressed out there? No, I was giddy, man. I mean, we were just bringing it to them. We weren't we weren't letting them do anything. You know, Lively was blocking shots, just being a menace in the paint. Uh, Proctor was following Admus all over the place. Um, the seven five guy was he was getting shots off, but I mean I think what it was he a thirty percent three point shooter. So like if you're gonna let Manute Bowl hit ten threes to beat you from outside, then like that is what it is. And that's all he could do. Really, yeah, he couldn't really yeah. do anything around the rim. Yeah. So I mean, just the the defensive intensity that we came out with. Um, you know, it took them over. I think it was like eight or nine minutes before they even scored their first basket. And by that point, you know, we're up. 15 it was it was almost the nc state game in reverse for us right like the game's over really at that point um it's just getting to the end so um i was i was really pleased with with how we played in that game because like you said the 12 over five that's typically happens i don't think a single one of them happened uh this year nope. which was yep. remarkable for all the other upsets right like that was the only the only one that really didn't occur so just just like, yeah, overall was really impressed with how he came out of the gates ready to play that game. Yeah. And well, we had been starting like that recently, right? Like even you go back to kind of that pit game and the ACC tournament, we've really been having these great, great starts. Um, I guess we'll talk about kind of that here in a little bit of, you know, when the vibe kind of switches on us. Um, we've talked a lot about this offline. To me, this Oral Roberts games really showcased Lively kind of like at his peak of what he can do. I mean, they're running all these high ball screens. They're doing pick and pop with a 7-5 guy. Admus is trying to get into the lane. Um, Lively picks up six blocks, but I think that's like not even as impressive as that is. It's not as impressive as like what he was actually doing out there, being able to guard the ball screen. We keep asking this question, was this his best game or one of his best games? I mean, I'd still probably have to pick the first UNC game, but this yeah. was close. Um, I think it was John Hollinger who tweeted about like the former scout in me is just salivating watching Lively play. And he kind of broke down all the stuff he was doing. 
uh, you know, where he's like getting out to contest on, you know, their seven three three point shooter, but then he's somehow recovering back to block a shot or at least challenge it. Yeah. And I think the threat of it too was a big thing. Like you can watch that first half and see Oral Roberts miss a lot of layups that weren't, mm. you know, quote unquote contested. But I think they were just shook after, yeah. you know, a couple of them got blocked. Yeah. You hear the footsteps behind you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just not, you got to think that a team like that is just not used to playing that level of size and shot blocking. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he only missed like one rotation and you hear him on the mic too, where the guard kind of beats him and is able to get the finish. Um, but other than that, I mean, what he was able to do in space is just, you just don't see that. Um and so, you know, he really was a big anchor for us down there. Um, one of the bigger storylines that we, well, I guess two, one, you know, Roach ties his career high with 23, um, picking up Shire's first career tournament win. That's got to be the headline. But after that, it's, we didn't see the Kyle Filipowski that we've been seeing. There were some reports of him having kind of like a stomach bug or food poisoning or nerves or whatever it was. Um, clearly not himself in this game. And for this game, it didn't really matter too much for us i guess um but i think it kind of set the stage of like man all of this 10 game winning streak just really kind of crumbled on us in an instant there um heading into saturday morning but uh anything else y'all want to talk about specifically about oral roberts i'd like to spend more time on it but just the way we're doing this i think the tennessee game's kind of bigger um anything we should highlight did you guys think it was food poisoning or nerves I didn't think it was Kyle nerves it, because he's been a warrior for right. He's he played in all these big as, games. It just yeah, doesn't look at how seem... good he was in the ACC tournament. Right. Like, yeah. I, I know this is this is a little bit more important in a bigger stage, but still, like if he was able to play his best basketball just a week ago in the highest you know stage, then I don't yeah. see why it would suddenly you get this attack of nerves. And, and I think the nerves thing, like, wasn't it Rodney Hood that used to puke almost before right. every game? That was like, like his thing, right? Yeah, yeah. but but. It, it was every game, right? So yeah. it didn't just come and go for for one big game. So I, I, I thought it was probably, you know, something something he ate. What was his NIL that he got, the the Bonchon uh, wing deal? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't poison him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it just didn't look right. Um, even against Tennessee, you know, he's fighting through it, but he just didn't look like he had that same kind of um, just demeanor to him. You know, it just yep. wasn't quite there. But anyway, Duke moves on and probably what was one of the most impressive first round performances, I thought, of the higher seeds. Obviously, you got Princeton beating Arizona and you got um, FDU beating Purdue and stuff. But I thought of the teams that were supposed to kind of handle their matchup. This had to have been up there in terms of one of the most impressive. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up because you mentioned the pit game. The fact that we came out so prepared in the first round of the ACC tournament and then the first round of the NCAA tournament, I think says something about John and his preparation when mm -hmm. given, you know, several mm -hmm. days to kind of lock his team in. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um, and honestly, that ACC tournament is really what got me really excited about this one because of even then we were still right there with Miami, ready to go, right there with Virginia, ready to go. Um, some of that, you played these teams before, but, you know, we've seen a lot better teams come in and not be able to do that. So, yeah, shout out to John and the staff for that. Um, well, let's let's pivot here. Talk about Tennessee. 
a lot of circumstantial stuff going on here. So we mentioned the flip uh, kind of under the weather or food bug or whatever. Um, so apparently with the, the team finds out about five minutes before going out that Mark Mitchell's got some kind of knee injury or re-aggravated something, tweaked something in the warm-up. Haven't really heard a ton about that. Um, I know Dariq said that he found out about five minutes before that he was going to be starting. As soon as that came out for me, I'm also a half empty guy a little bit. So the, when Purdue lost, I started to kind of feel a little bit like, okay, this is getting too good to be true. You know, we know how Duke is. It's chalk all the way in our region. Um, and then that comes out. Yeah. Yeah. And then this comes out too, right? Where we're losing Mark Mitchell. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that probably one of the guys that he would have been primarily guarding has a basically ties his career high. But I guess the theme, and let's this is what I kind of want to jump in with y'all at. We had been on these great starts where we really and John's talked about imposing our will. And we've been doing this for about a month where we've been really been able to impose what we want to do defensively. This was the first time since that Miami game where we got blown out, where I thought we weren't really able to put a stamp on the game. Like we weren't able to dictate pace. We weren't able to dictate either side of the ball like we had been. Um, Ro, I'll go to you first on this one. You think that's game planning? You think that's experience, toughness, physicality, or is it just a combination of Flip being under the weather and losing Mitchell? I think uh, losing Mitchell at the last minute has to hurt. Like, how do you prepare for that? Yeah. Um, you suddenly have your kind of leading bench score, you know, taking over a starting role, which, you know, is not necessarily a bad thing, but then you're losing your kind of best one-on-one defender, perhaps, um, mm-hmm. you know, either him or Proctor. And I just think throwing a wrench in the works that late, especially for a young team, it's going to be hard to adjust to like if if the team had played together for four years and they're all super familiar with like sure any combination of lineups that's different but i just think it really was the circumstances though you know despite all that we're still up 19 to 13 yeah so even though we weren't imposing our will we were still ahead yeah 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 tennessee didn't start the game very well like we definitely kind of despite some of the physicality we're able to jump out um, but it it seemed to wear on us, though. Well, I didn't think it was like a, a, a matter of youth or inexperience. You know, we've played older teams like this. Miami's got an old team. Pitt has an old team. Like we've played those older guys. Um, but I think it might have been a combination of they're older and they obviously they played a lot more physical um, with us. You know, and that was Barnes game plan from the outset. You know, he he said it in his um the press conference, you know, before I the game. To, that we want to make them feel us. We whatever. want to make them feel us. Yeah. Every possession, right. we want to make them feel us. So, uh, and then you saw it right out of the bat. I mean, the, uh, and I'm not going to butcher the the guy's name, but he just blast, you know, is blast and flip. Oh, um, yeah. Just bully balling. Bull, flip. Yeah. Like, but this is what gets me, man, is that they shouldn't be allowed to dictate that. Like, if you want to make us, make them, make us feel you, like, that's fine. And I felt like the way the, first 12 minutes of the game was played out i was completely okay with that because they had like six fouls in the first like five Mm. or six minutes of the game so i'm like cool if you're going to be playing this way they're going to call you for playing this way that's gonna that's fine um after that once they hit that six foul mark like they might have got called for three or four more fouls for the next 34 minutes that's what made me kind of like well that's kind of odd they're not playing any less physical yeah, they had all four of a sudden fouls. they just stopped fouling. They were at like a fifty-something foul rate, and four all of a sudden they just stopped. 
four fouls over the last 26 minutes of game time. That's just for, for a team playing that physical. That's like telling me that the 2013 Louisville team was, you know, only fouling once every 10 minutes. Like they're up in your shorts the whole time, like pressing. And you grabbing. were calling it that way early. If you right, weren't calling yeah. it at all, then I would have just accepted it. But the fact that early on in the game, you were trying to set an example of like, no, we're not going to play this way. And then eventually, I guess Barnes was like, now we are. And we're going to make you keep calling them. And they just stopped. Um, and I'm not blaming the officials, but it's, it's just it's a little out. bit it's of combination of both, isn't it? Right. I mean, they're not going to call all of them. They're not going to call every foul. But if you're going to come out and play that way, um, you know, if, if we're going to play that way too, but we were getting called for them, how many uh, offensive fouls did we get whistled for? Moving screens. I mean, you saw John in the broadcast, and you know, I'm not a lip reader by you know any measure, but you could clearly see that he said they're moving on every screen and he might have even threw an, an expletive in there, but he's basically like, you just called us on this and they're doing it every time. I don't care if, if, if you don't want to call it, then this is not call it like, right. But don't make it one way and not the other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They just randomly picked a, just uh, picked a time frame to like, now we're going to call these touch fouls. Um, but you know, I don't think that was the, what Look, really the fact of the matter the game, we had 15 but... turnovers look yeah. we, we had 15 turnovers we got yeah. out rebounded end of the day those guys just you know they out hustled and out muscled us and yeah. you got to tip your cap they hit what they hit nine or ten threes yeah um yeah. so they had the foul it. trouble too right there's that combination of roach gets his fourth foul like 17 17 minutes left to go in the game or whatever it was um then he's and then we get pressing lucky pretty hard we did get lucky that he didn't foul out with what was it? Eight minutes to go. I mean, he put yeah. his hand in the cookie jar there, and they yeah, they didn't he, talked, call he, he talked them into giving it to Proctor. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and then he just started forcing. You know, him and Flip combined for nine turnovers. Um, but, oh, something I did want to toss out to you all. So, Derek does kind of get thrust into this starting lineup. Played a pretty good first half. I mean, he gets like I think six shots, has eight points. Um. And then just kind of disappears, doesn't really get a shot off in the second half. Um, you know, John was asked about it in his presser. I'm not going to say that he ducked it, but it kind of, he just kind of talked around it a little bit in terms of the entire offense. Um, shoot, I'll go to you first on this one. You make anything of that? Is that kind of, you looking at Derek for that? You looking at his teammates? You looking at John? To me, we should have got him some more shots in that second half. I mean, we really should have took the leash off. I mean, obviously, this guy, he led the ACC in three-point shooting percentage. Um, I think it's a little bit of, of a combination of all of it. It's got to be on Dariq a little bit. It's got to be on his teammates to get him the ball. It's got to be on John to make a call to get him open. But, you know, I give Tennessee credit, you know, e even with our decent start, they were making it hard for us to do anything. Yeah. I mean, they make it hard for us to do a dribble handoff. Um, but that's how physical they were playing. They were just smashing us on you know hitting us on any position we we had the ball um and so they kind of just took us out of our rhythm really all night yeah what about you Ro? anything you take away from the the whitehead stuff i don't know it's just frustrating it's like he has you know two good offensive games in a row to start the tournament and you're like now you're kind of in this what if space like what if he was just starting to break out like, mm -hmm. and that's what we need to go to the title game or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it just feels like the season was over too soon for him. Yeah. You know, I don't really have an explanation for what happened in the second half besides them doing a good job with ball denial. But other than that, you know, I don't know if there's 
some kind of flaw in the coaching or just that we're so used to playing through Filipowski and Roach that it's kind of hard to deviate from that maybe a little bit, especially when we get down because yeah. those are our bailout guys. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and we kind of we kind of let them dictate a little bit of the pace and what we were doing. And just you saw like and credit Proctor for playing well, um, but you saw him and Roach and Flip just start to, I'm going to get the ball and I'm going to go. And I'm just going to go to the rim and see what happens here. And, um, and Proctor it was did largely a great job of it, actually. Yeah, yeah, Proctor was really good at it, but the rest of it was pretty largely ineffective. Um, didn't get much from Grandison this game. You know, he kind of gets put into an extended role, played like I think 17 or 18 minutes. Um, you know, takes what one, three, two, two, three shots overall has a rebound. Um, you know, I, I guess it's not on him. Uh, but coming into the year, I did think we might would get a little bit more production from that area. Um, you know, this is a, a big 10 guy. He's played in these kind of physical games, these tough environments. Um, you know, his role never got solidified. So maybe that's some of it, but you know, and it's the, the Duke effect to the, the kid. Um, I don't, I'm going to butcher the come, come while or come while. I don't, I don't know. Uh, um, come while. It doesn't while. matter. Cause you'll never hear of this guy again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he just, what he did was first credit to him. I mean, what he did was yeah. insanely to, I mean, 22 minutes, 13 shots and he has 27 points. I mean, for mm -hmm. a little bit of perspective, he scored 27 one other time. So earlier this year against Texas, he made no threes in that game. He's made, He's never made three threes in a game, ever, ever. This is ever. a senior, never made three. He's made two five times in four years, and he goes three for three against us. Um, you know, shout out to him. That If you're going to make them, you're going to make them, but it's a little bit of an anomaly. Right? It's a little bit of one of those things. That's not the case that, with Mark Mitchell in the game, right? Or it's not the case for him literally ever. Well, this is literally well, the first time it's ever been the case, right? Sure. So it's like, what do you – I mean – you know, you, you shake his hand, I guess, and you just tip your cap to him. But it, it's just one of those things, right? Not quite Derek Williams level, but it, it reminded me a little bit of that, of like, okay, yeah. this guy's just... Yeah, maybe he'll get drafted nothing third. for him. Is that what Williams went like uh, after that second. game? Second. Second, yeah. Second, yeah. So, and there were some legit debates of whether him or Kyrie should go first. Yeah. <laughs> I guess Cleveland made the right choice on that one. One of them still plays basketball. Yeah, right? exactly. I don't know if the other Sometimes. one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's not to take away from him, but it's just kind of one of those things, right? Like they're not a good three point shooting team. Um, we're going by the game plan and the game plan bit us. They shoot 50% from three basically. And that's just some of it was when we went to the zone, they kind of were just picking us up a little bit in that, but um, they hit some tough shots too. Some of them were, you know, one shots. or two that Vescovy oh. hit was, I think it was Proctor basically giving him the Shane Battier, like, finger up his nose as he's shooting it. And, and he's still nothing. made it. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. Um, you know. You know it, I mean, I, it was just kind of an outlier shooting performance for them overall, 9 of 21. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'd like to see how often they've made nine threes in a game, especially over this stretch since their point guard went out. Yeah. Yeah, you could not have, you could not watching that. I couldn't tell that their point guard was out. Yeah. You know, that's really. was great. I mean, yeah, yeah, he was really good. And they just, they were able to answer every punch that, and credit to Duke, credit to yeah. our guys. They were fighting back. You know, this didn't turn into Miami. It didn't turn into Purdue. Um, we kept fighting, but like every time we would get close, we like flip, right? He, he gets the stand and gun. He's like, that's an N1. They call it a charge. They come right back down and hit a three. Um, Roach gets a wide open look that he's been bearing on the wing. He misses it. They get a tip dunk. Just the momentum we couldn't ever 
um, and, and never gotta, get that back. You got to think that it's frustrating to a guy like Flip, right? Like they're playing you really physical. I mean, he's he's bleeding already. He's already seen the cut, man. Um, and, and so they're playing you physical. And so then when you do make a strong drive, you know, a dude slides right in front of you and falls down, and they call a charge on you. Like, what do what do I do here? Like, yeah. If 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 I've got the ball and they're over here hacking me, then I'm going to cough it up. But if I go strong, and then you're going to call an offensive foul. Like, th- there's no way to win unless I'm just shooting fadeaway threes or something. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, the warrior though. You know, really yeah, hope. Yeah. You know, whatever. I hope he makes the best decision. But we'll talk about this in a little bit. He's one guy that I'd love to just run this back. Um, but either way, you know, season ended there. But uh, anything else y'all got about Tennessee or? I was just going to say refs and physicality and all that aside, it's just very difficult to win a game when you make three fewer threes, get five fewer rebounds, six fewer offensive rebounds, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and then turn the ball over six more times. Think about yeah. the number of shot attempts slash possessions they got that we didn't. Yeah, for the sure. math just isn't there, you know, and, for sure. And, and something that's, you know, we've talked about ad nauseum on this pod, it's bit us all season. You know the scoring drought. Um, yep, we 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 scored our nineteenth point with about eight minutes left in the first half, and then we scored two more the rest of the that half. We ended yep. with twenty one points in the half. And they go on a fourteen two run. Yeah. Um, so and then and then we did it. You know the last several minutes of the game where we didn't score, but I think it we finished with fifty two. I think we had forty eight with six minutes left, and we you know we scored four more points. And, yeah, we got it to and, like six or five there, right? Four and then points just, in winning time, right? Yeah. So, no. yeah, the yeah. bad Duke, the old Duke kind of showed up a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Part of it, though, I really do think it was just that there was a toughness. There was just a um, a fire or whatever you want to call it, an edge that Tennessee was just playing with um, that chip. And sure. they went out and got it. You know, they went out and got it. Um, you know, that's all you can do, I guess. But it, it sucks. It sucks because any other time. Duke did exactly what they were supposed to do. A five seed is only meant to win one game in this tournament, right? You get one game in white, everything else you're in blue. If we're going by chalk, which you kind of have to theoretically. Um, But I think with the circumstances around this one, we had started to really buy into how well we were playing. Um, Tennessee's got a starting point guard out. Purdue just kind of just fumbles the bag on the national stage. The circumstances make you want to think, man, if you just find a way here, Houston's calling you. Right. Marquette's out now. So Kansas State did look good, but um, you just, uh, I would have liked to have had a chance to beat MSU in the Elite Eight because we both know they're going there. Right. So, um, and one thing I guess we didn't touch on in the UT game too, um, those guys turned it over like 17, 18 times against Louisiana. And, and Josh, you hit it on it uh, in the, in our little, you know, message thread, but we just didn't seem to like, really pressure them you know as as much as we have been. yeah and maybe that's a part of mitchell being out so we're down a guy and we don't want to you know run ourselves into the ground but it, you know we really didn't force it i think they they had what eight nine turnovers they cut it in half basically from from one game to that one yeah uh, that's a good point too i meant to mention that because i thought coming in that we would put a little more pressure on their sure. guards oh, yeah. you know just to kind of maybe get get things in other dudes hands well, make when you don't have a point guard us. When yeah. you're missing your point guard, like attack their guard and make him uncomfortable. Right. And we he did credit to him, though, right? Vescovy sure. kind of did what he wanted to. He's a senior. He's a veteran. 
Um, but you know, it's tough. It's, Louisiana kind of scored more points than we did. You know, they even went on like a 13 0 run against these and guys. Their offense looked horrible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely horrible. Um, and you got to think if we don't hit that scoring drought and just feel all of the pressure all at once, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we play a typical game after that, um, maybe things come out different, but you know, whatever. Hand shoes, horse grenades, all that good stuff. Let's talk about the season as a whole a little bit. Um, so Duke finishes 27 and nine, swept UNC, ACC tournament champs. Hard to feel too bad about that, right? I mean, everything else just screams over um, kind of the over. They, they went above what I thought they were going to do, I guess. Yeah, if we go right? back to our preseason, so, what, what did we all said? A, a top four finish in the ACC, which we checked. But technically, uh, we were first, right? Right. But technically, yeah. you know. But uh, all we were asking for is a top four finish. Sure. You know? Yeah. So yeah. A top four finish. Uh, I think we wanted just a split with UNC at that time. Um, and, and now we did say, you know, possibly sweet 16 ceiling, but, you know, we got, we, I don't think I anticipated an, an ACC title, um, you know, when I didn't the anticipate any banners. Right. So, no banners. So just to get that, you know, the rest of this was, gravy for me but uh, you know with purdue going down and we all talked about it 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 did it did seem like it was a uh a missed opportunity you know a 2017 like missed opportunity. yeah and we did give up 65 points and a half but right and i was talking to raul before you had jumped on here um and raul i'm going to toss this to you in just a second going back and looking um i was trying to figure out you know what makes this feel about different is just how hot and how well we were playing at the end of the year and mm-hmm. i'm going back and looking from like all through ken palm o2 all the way up i can't find anything where we're just winning 10 out or nine out heading into the ncaa tournament it just hasn't really happened there was none of that kind of stumbling towards the end um and i think that's what really allows me to take away s- such a good feeling from this season of just the developmental piece um and Ro, i know you've kind of mentioned that you kind of even enjoyed this season a little bit more than last season, despite not getting as far. Um, is how is that what's kind of contributed this to you developmentally, or or what what led you to that place? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the the player progression and the growth of the team overall was the main thing for me, um, and then also just the aspect of it being John's first year versus Kay's last. There was just this like cloud of enormous pressure hanging over mm-hmm. last year that isn't here this year you know we're all sitting here like and we're looking at the season and we're pretty thrilled overall to have swept unc won an acc title and won one tournament game right but if we had lost in the second round last year that would have been viewed as like a major disappointment right and right. so i think i think it's that and then i've also just enjoyed watching a new coaching style um you know it's like K was obviously incredible, but that's been Duke for my entire life. And especially in the last 10 years or so with kind of the constant roster turnover, I feel like his coaching style maybe wasn't quite as effective, at least defensively it wasn't. Um, So just kind of getting to see something new for better or worse, you know, chances are it's not going to be as successful as K. Right. Because nobody else has been, right? So that's yeah. not a standard you can hold him to. But I, I just kind of enjoy this start of a new era. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, and I think, too, like, I wouldn't trade it, but that that just that month of February, well, right after that Virginia game, um, just that run that we go on, roles just start to really click. 
Um, and I think that's why it, not that it was disappointing so much, but it kind of hurt a little bit more than I thought it would losing to Tennessee, just because mm-hmm. we had just built this momentum, right? And this team was just really fun to watch. They were really clicking. Um, and you just wanted to see it go, keep going. Obviously, you want to win a title every year, but you know, even like Kay said, there's some years where I'm just like, dude, let's just get this team out of here, right? Like, let's get, let's move on. Um, it's just not working. Um, that was just not the case. Another thing I was going to say is just like the style of play, while the offense could be ugly at some points, it was nice kind of, I mean, I guess you could call flip the alpha in a way because he did have a 29% usage, but without having like a really dominant player, I just felt like the offense didn't devolve into, all right, everybody clear out and let, you know, yeah, top 10 prospect do his thing. Yeah, there was always space for another guy to like jump in for 15 or 20. But I think part of that's one of the reasons I got a little excited towards the end here is because not only were we playing great defense, we're rebounding well, but when you've got four or five guys scoring in double figures, it makes it harder for one team to just shut down one guy and beat you, right? Um, so I think a, a combination of all that, you know, gave us all pretty good hope that we could be doing this going back to back and to fall, you know, a little short it's sure it's disappointing but it's again it's overall it's been a great season yeah i think the disappointment comes from the path that was there right you can't yeah yeah. you can't ask for a better path to houston once things started to unfold even if purdue wins i don't think you would i'd rather play them than any of the other ones i think you know so the path was there um we started to kind of really kind of buy into the not buy in it was why wouldn't you buy in that's just who we were over the last month of the season that's what we were doing just came up a little bit short, um, but I got something here. So I want to talk about, you can pick anything you want to, to any kind of moment or point from the season. Do you have a favorite play or moment of this season? Um, and I'll let you kind of think about it a little bit here and I'll go with mine first. So mine and one, it was because me and she were sitting right there watching it. When Caleb Love comes around that screen and Derek Lively meets him at the apex and just crushes that dude. I mean, I heard him hit the floor and Lively looked down at him. That's going to be up there for me for a while. So that's going to be mine. And it, like Raul said, that was Lively's kind of coming out party, his his kind of coming out game there. Um, so I'm going to go with that one for me. There's a lot, though. So I'll take that one. Shu, you got one? Uh, well, since I can't take that one, which was, you know, obviously the best game I caught live this year. Um, off the top of my head, I can remember a, a sequence. I think it was the Pittsburgh game. Lively, did he get a block? And we come down and we throw him an alley-oop, but he, he's not going to be able to finish it. So he, he catches it and dumps yeah, it off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> bounce past the flip who goes up to him, rim rocker, and the place is just going bananas. Yeah, that's um, a good one. So that one, that one's probably mine. Okay. Okay. Raul, you got a different one or one of the same? I'm going to go with our captain, um, Jeremy Roach, and I can't decide which UNC game, but to be different from you guys, I'll pick the second one because um, you could go with either kind of game ceiling layup he had, yep. but I thought the second one had a little bit more flair on it. You know, it's kind of has that little up and under that mm-hmm. reminded you a little bit of Duhan yeah. um, in 2004, of course. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that one was just a beautiful play where I think he kind of splits a double team, does kind of an in and out dribble and manages to get to the rim, like at a critical moment and essentially guarantees us the sweep. Yeah. yeah. He got yeah. by Baycott and, and leaky. 
Yep. Yeah. And, and Baycott's not a really a, a shot blocker, but you know, Leakey's yeah. a good defender. So yeah. Um, a lot of length there at the rim too, waiting on it. So yeah, that's it. Well, I will give an honorable um, shout out to uh, Mark Mitchell hitting that huge three in oh, the corner yep. against BC Notre- and against Notre Dame, Notre right? Dame, yeah. Both of them. Yep. Um, so yeah, big big shout out to him for that one. All right. Any? Do you have a favorite storyline from this year? And so I'm I'm thinking, you know, if you're looking at it from a coaching perspective, a player perspective, a developmental perspective, fan perspective, is there a storyline out there this year? Um, that, that you're kind of looking at, I'll, I'll, I can steal it again just to give you a second to get ready. Um, for me, I'm piggybacking off role here. It's the captain, Jeremy Roach. Um, this is a guy that didn't have to come back. Uh, this is a guy that probably, and I could almost hear part of how he processed what happened last year in his press conference this year when they were asking him about it. And he was like, you know, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. We just lost a March Madness game. It's not the end of the world. And at first I heard that and I was like, man, I kind of wanted to, I would have liked to hear a little bit more fire, but then it, for me in the context, I don't know. I'm just kind of guessing here in the context though, was that dude had to come off a loss in the final four to Carolina. I'm sure he's getting all kind of DMS, all kind of stuff from like fans. You're doubting yourself. Um, you, it's easy to want to just run away from that, you know? And like, how do I ever, this is the first time it's ever happened in the rivalry. They retire our coach. You're hearing the noise. Um, so for me this year, it was seeing him come back, seeing him grow as a leader, um, and then even within the season, adapt to moving a little bit off ball and just allowing Proctor to kind of thrive. Um, and he was just so damn good in these final 10 games. Just so damn good. Um, so I'm going my mind as uh, the captain, Jeremy Roach. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like um, down the last month of the season, I think he was shooting uh, 50% from the floor. 35 from three, 87 from the line. He went like 21 of 22 from the free throw line, averaging 16 points. That's exactly what you would want out of your yep. junior captain. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, yep. Shu, did you have one? Because I just yeah, cut yeah, you yeah. off there. No, no. no. <laughs> um, I definitely love the Roach story. I mean, like Josh said, the guy didn't have to come back. Uh, you lose almost everybody from last year, and you're you're asking him to come back and go, you know, from our third or fourth option to being the number one guy and, and um, you know, had the injury midseason, but, you know, down the stretch was incredible for us. But I think um, to not pick that, I would think the the lively progression yeah. um, and just the way John that was handled mine. that. So, yeah. I mean, you look at a number one guy coming in, how many number one guys have we come in and they've just immediately right out of the gates been impactful. And, you know, for lively to come in and struggle the way he did, a lot of people were doubting him. Uh, a lot of people were talking about, oh, he's killing his stock. He should just not play, whatever, whatever the chatter was. Um, and, and credit to John for not like forcing it, right? Like we played a lot of Ryan Young early on yeah. to kind of yeah. let Lively get his his legs under him. Um, and, and credit to him. And he he honestly changed the trajectory of our season for sure. You know, six, seven weeks ago. Yeah. Um, so just the the patience to slow roll that from John and, and to lively to have the, um, you know, the commitment to just keep putting in the work and know that it's going to come. Um, so that, that'd probably be my favorite. Yeah. 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 The reason I was going to pick that is just for a lot of the things you said, but just overall, I think he ends up becoming perhaps, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say that he was the best freshman defender we've ever had. Um, okay. You know, yeah. I'm qualifying it there. Not the best defender because sure. I'd probably be senior Battier or, you know, maybe Sheldon, Sheldon at some point yeah. or something. But 
when you compare freshman Sheldon to freshman Lively, I think close. Lively's yeah way ahead of him. Yeah, and I think we're really gonna assuming Lively goes pro, which we can talk about in a minute. We're really gonna miss that defensive versatility and rim protection. And if anybody hasn't had the chance, I don't know if you guys have watched it, you know, do Blue Planet, shout out Dave Bradley again. They did an amazing piece on yeah. uh, on Derek and his mom. And shout out to Lab and his press conference too, man. Like he immediately talks about just like, I'm ready to get back to work. Back I do not like the way this taste is left in my mouth. Um, I'm ready to get better. And ke- now I don't look at that as like, oh, he's getting back in the gym and coming back to Duke. Maybe, sure, maybe not, probably not. But just the mindset of like, I don't want to lose, mm. right? Like, I don't like to lose. Um, I, You know, I'll take a guy like that any day of the week. So, yeah, big shout out to him for just being able to block the noise. And I think a lot of our guys had to block noise this mm. year with Tariq, with Roach, with Lively, with John. Um, Just a lot of noise out there. So, yeah, shout out to that. Um. Any final player shout outs this year that you want to go to? For me, I've been, you know, my guy Tyrese all year, been kind of riding on him. I was really high on him coming over um, last summer. You know, I said early on in the season, like one of the first few games that I hope John kind of gives him this Bobby Hurley like level treatment where you just let him play through it. Right. You just let him kind of make some of these mistakes and just keep growing, keep figuring it out. Now, hopefully we see it pan out as, as a sophomore version. Um but that was just a, a really fun thing to follow all year. And he was great against Tennessee. He kind of carried us there a little bit. Especially second um, half, yeah. Yeah. But just yeah. to see his development throughout the year and especially how how well he committed to defense. I mean, mm-hmm. that, you know, to me, that in itself was just, he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to become one of the best off-ball defenders in college basketball this year, but he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was really fun to to watch and check out. So, any anything from you all just in terms of just um, – our last round of player shout outs here. I mean, shouts to flip for just being a effing yeah. warrior all yeah. year, you know, um, again, shouts to lively for, for bringing the, the chatter, you know, he, I don't know if we've spoke about it, but just his defensive, like talking his defensive quarterbacking from, yep. from on that back line was incredible as a freshman, yeah. um, you know, Roach again, clutch down the stretch, Mark Mitchell, just kind of a Swiss army knife doing everything. Um. Yeah, if there's, I'm I'm sure I'm forgetting some people here and there. Dorit Dorit came out of you know nowhere a couple of times and lit people up three or four threes. I mm-hmm. wish we would have got to see the full Dorit. I don't I don't really think we've seen no. the full Dorit. Just like we didn't see the full AJ Griffin. Yeah. So that's that's a bit of a bummer. But yeah, I mean, you know, I got to go with uh, Mark Mitchell just to keep on brand here. Yeah, uh, since I've been kind of <laughs> pumping him up all season. But I really like low mistake players, and he's a low mistake player, right? He doesn't take yeah. bad shots. Uh, you know, he he did struggle with some defensive uh, rotations early in the year, but so even that got that reduced. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then just as a one on one defender, he was shutting down guys all year, like his yeah. primary assignment. And you know, just if you go through his game log and look at his shooting, it's always like four of seven, five of eight three yeah. or five, you know, just never hurting the team on that end, even if he didn't, you know, score 20 points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, I guess, final shout outs here, just to some of the behind, not behind the scenes, but some of the guys whose roles kind of shifted and were adjusted, like a guy like Jalen Blake, who was playing a lot early on um, in the middle of the season and then just 
kind of really saw that role diminish or a guy like Ryan Young, who was kind of being featured at Duke for a little bit there and then really kind of takes a back seat to like- Yeah, he overperformed in my opinion. He, he did. As much he as really Grandison did. may be kind of disappointed a little bit, Ryan yeah. went the other direction. Yeah, for sure. Um, did not see that level of contribution when when he signed up, right? Um, so shout outs to those guys. But uh, I guess that's a good enough segue as we can get. Um, we'll talk a little bit about some off-season chatter here. And this is really just going to be mainly hypothetical because there's so much in motion. Um, Young did announce that he's going to return for his fifth season. I don't think that was shocking to anyone. He wasn't acknowledged at senior day um, or senior night in Cameron. So I think most people just assume that. Um, but let's go around here and talk about some of the other question marks who kind of stays, who goes, just your personal kind of feel out here. Um, Raul, I'll go to you first. So let's talk about kind of some of the freshman tandems right now. So Proctor, Flip, Mark Mitchell, I think are the three that most people are considering have a decision to make. I think Whitehead and Lively are mostly expected to declare. So we'll just assume that those two are gone. Proctor, Flip, Mark Mitchell, all three stay, all three go combination. What are you thinking for these three guys? You know, it's tough from the last like several years. I've got a little like PTSD. Mm -hmm. So even though Jaded. I do, you know, I've heard some good things about all three guys staying. It's like, I'll kind of believe it when I see it. You know, Proctor had moments where he really looked like a pro. Uh, you know, Filipowski had moments where he is our best player. And then Mitchell, it's like, I don't know that he has any kind of draft stock at this point, but that hasn't stopped guys like, you know, whoever, DJ Stewart or whoever, right? right. Um, so I'm going to say that we get two of three. And I, I think flip to me is the lock. I just think that's his mentality. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even though he probably has the best draft stock of any of the three of them. Yeah. I, I, you know, I felt all year that he wanted to return. I um, mean, you know, there's things he said, uh, things I've heard behind the scenes. And then with Proctor and Mitchell, it's like Proctor, I think, would be a much more appealing pro prospect to scouts than Mitchell would be at this point. So it would make more sense for Proctor to go of those two. But I think if anyone leaves, it's going to be Mitchell. That's my feeling that we yeah. would get uh, Flip and Proctor back if yeah. I had to guess. But I would not be shocked if it was all three. That yeah. came back. Yeah, I would definitely sign up for a flip Proctor um, reunion in a heartbeat. Do you see anything kind of different? Well, there, let's, just, let's just back up and go. I mean, we're, we're bringing in five guys, right? So we need five people to depart this team. Um, we're going to lose Jake. Obviously, Jake's run out of eligibility. I believe Kale Catchings and, and Max Johns are out of eligibility as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's three guys. And, uh, you know, it's not a foregone conclusion, but. Apparently, you know, Coach K had put Mark Williams and Jeremy Roach on the three-year graduation plan, and and Jeremy's supposed, you know, supposed to be graduating, and it's expected that he's going to just move on to whatever um, his next phase of of basketball will be. Um, so that's four guys, and so then you've got to expect Dariq's probably, you know, going to bet on himself and bet on his potential to come back once he's fully healthy. Um, so then the rest of those guys could theoretically come back um you know if i'm looking at it flip obviously like you said has the probably the best draft stock but as raul pointed out all things that he's talked about 
Um, he just seems like a guy that wants to come back. That that's a sour he's taste. Talked about doing that too, right? Yeah. Like he's actually look, like he committed as a four year guy. He can come back and be ACC Player of the Year, at least first team All ACC, possibly an All American. Um, you know, there's a there's a lot Flip can do. Uh, as far as Proctor goes, I think Proctor, you know, will play in the NBA, but. You know, what scout right now is going to draft a point or guard that's shooting, you know, and, and granted his numbers came up, but overall on the season shot 30, 31. I mean, doesn't take, you know, you don't have to look far down He's the got road. some burst issues too, right? Being yeah, able he needs to, to get, get a little, man little faster, a little yeah. stronger, right? But you look sure. down the road, there's a, there's a guard that's been playing. It was a top 10 recruit that's been playing there for three years now, maybe yep. going on four that shoots that same 30% range. Yeah. Um, maybe he's more of a head case than Proctor, but w- whatever. Um, and I don't not say doesn't Proctor's defend like him either. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Very much. Right. Yeah. Um, as far as Mitchell goes, you know, I think, um, another year would help him tremendously too. Now, whether or not he, he does that, I don't know. Um, but I think we at least get three back and man, it's hard. You know, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I could, there's a part of me that sees lively. Cause if you see those DBP videos, man, him and him and flip, like it just seems like they really love each other, man. Just love hanging out. And I think they're roommates too, right? Yeah. Doctor yeah. I think, flip. you know, and so for lively, obviously in that piece, you know, he's, he's made a little NIL change. He's bought his mom a house, you know, um, she had obviously her health issues and, you know, is getting taken care of through the Duke University, so through the hospital. So, you know, come back and and join join these guys and make another run at it, or or go chase your dreams in the NBA. It doesn't matter either way. I'm happy for him, uh, but man, I, oh, I'd give a lot. I'd give a lot to see uh, see all of them come back to see a sophomore sophomore front court of Flip Lively again would Oof. be incredible. Um, and I don't I don't expect that either. Yeah, yeah but yeah. he does have a little bit of just personality wise right. to it the fact that he was number one and has now fallen to like you gotta think late lottery is probably ceiling for him right like and, and i don't think it would take much to come back and just showcase a little bit more off obviously the defense is the defense right he's got that sure but just come back and show me a couple baby if you hooks, can, if you can just get a to couple that, something that eight and 12 point that we thought he could be at right then that's a that's then, a then yeah. Got, yeah guaranteed top yeah top hit 14. a few threes that's what he needs to do really yeah yeah there if he is. wants to boost his stock like yeah just shoot 35 percent. doesn't have yeah. to be anything spectacular yeah if you can hit like 1.6 threes a game and like continue to have these lobs and dunks and get up to like eight to nine points um you know he didn't score didn't take a shot against tennessee right now he still played a pretty decent game um still hit the boards pretty well but uh i think you could make a case and hopefully at some point some of this nil stuff starts to benefit us right like i thought it was really going to help us out a little bit last year with getting a few guys back um you know, I mean, maybe. are we allowed to just like do a GoFundMe for Lively to come? Because I'll set it up tonight. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think everybody I think we have in. to be, we have to have a business, right? That he can yeah. uh, endorse. Holy shirts and socks. Or exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, it's, I guess, Proctor Flip, Mark Mitchell. I agree with y'all. Um, I do think Mark Mitchell is probably the most likely to go out of that. And I, I think he could come back, but I could also see the argument if I'm him or if I'm in his camp and I'm thinking of it, of, you know, Raul just laid out why he liked you so much. That's just who you are as a player. So how much room is there to showcase anything more than that? But if you're a scout, you can maybe sell it on like, this is just who I am, right? I'm a glue guy. I'm a three and D guy. I'm going to play. I can play three, four. 
um, high motor, high energy, low maintenance. Maybe you just, I want a guy like that on my team, right? Or I want a guy like that in my, um, in my program or, um, my business, whatever you want to call that, you know, but I, I don't go ahead. I was just going to say, and things get a little crowded at his position, whether you consider that the three or the four next year. Yeah. They get really crowded there. With Mbako there, Power, Stewart. Yeah. I expect Power to be kind of low in the rotation, but Stewart and Mbako are going to play a lot. Yeah. And at least one, if not both, are kind of hoping to compete for a starting position, you would think. So, um, yeah, things do get a little crowded there. But I mean, overall, it's a good problem to have, though. I mean, it is. There would definitely be some attrition if we even got three of these guys back because you're going to have 12 players who are playable and or expecting to play. Yeah. And no team plays 12 guys. So there are going to be a couple guys who are just completely shut out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, um, it's well, just kind of the nature of the beast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If, if you're going to come back, I would always rather have my returning, oh, yeah. especially my good returning guys come back. And if we lose, mm-hmm. you know, if a recruit says, you know, hey, coach, I just start not to see a spot here. And that, that, if that happens, that happens, you know, or you'd hate to lose a guy like a Blakes or a Shoot or a Reeves, but. I really wish we would have redshirted Reeves this year. Yeah, but, yeah, but the reality is you can lose those guys anyway. Sure. Right? Yeah, like yeah, there can be yeah, a yeah. clear fire starting spot for you, or at least you're in you and six other guys are competing for five spots and that guy can leave on you. And then you're just SOL. So well, especially with the basically no penalty transfers now. Right. Yeah. That's portals there. They can go anywhere they want. Um, which I support the right to, but I'm also like a little more cutthroat and if my how I envision running a program or a code. Like you can't, you can't get burnt by these things. You got to be able to still field a roster. Um, The Roach thing is a little interesting to me. I know we've um, heard offline from a lot of different things that this, the decision seems to have been graduate and see what's next. Um, I, I at least would hope that he would be open to kind of maybe like sitting down and thinking about it. I'd love know? him back, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love him But back. I think you you look at John, the way he recruited for next year with McCain and Foster. With the plan that, you know, hey, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to I'm going to pursue this thing. I'm going to go for yeah. it. Yeah. So so he's probably betting on, you know, obviously with Proctor reclassing, you know, being able to keep Proctor for for two years um, because, you know, He's still got some strength and speed and uh, burst ability that he needs to to work on. So um, four four guards that'd probably be a pretty crowded you know backcourt there. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think you recruit Proctor, Foster, and McCain if you ever expected Roach back. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Because um, you've also got Blake's there, and you've got Shoot. Yeah. True. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah, and shoot together. I hope we don't lose. That I hope he kind of is going to stick it out. Um, you yeah, know, of course. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, He's going to we'll have to really improve to find minutes next year. I'm not yeah. saying he can't do it, but there's got to be some big improvements. Yeah, um, yeah, got to yeah, big got to have a big jump, and then you got to think that maybe it's maybe there for him that junior year, you know, to really kind of break through and get in the rotation consistently, um, and. You know, I would understand if you don't want to put that in, you know, just for the possibility of playing two years from now. I totally get that. Um, but like him as a person and a player. So hopefully he'll, he'll stick around too. But uh, yeah, you know, I guess if I had to choose, it's really just I want one of the guards back between Proctor and Roach. And I want one of the big guys back between Flip, Mitchell, and Lively, you know. Um, 
I won't get picky. I just would like to have one from each category. Uh, that would be nice. Obviously, if Dariq wants to come back to you, you take him. But yeah, I'm a little bit more greedy. I want three of those guys at least. But yeah, it'd I, I, be nice. But I'll take I'll take two just because we hardly ever even get one. So yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll two, take two. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially because once you get them back once, it's easier to maybe see them as a junior, right? I like mean, that's just kind of how it works. Since we've kind of did the one and done, you know, full throttle, what we've never had more than one of them come back right we i don't even know if we've had one come back uh, like one of our fringe one and done guys nobody that was like actually i guess even wendell Car- uh wendell uh more like yeah. he he thought we thought he could be a well he thought that guy. i think well, right like sure it just um, depends on how you define it because i mean grayson it's yeah, not like Grayson his- wasn't a one and done guy to me he was like 28 30th in his class yeah, it's but really, I mean, I he, he would have gone. He would have gone 20. late first or sure. early second if he came out, and that's where you know guys like Cassius Stanley went. Yeah, you know other yeah. guys who we saw Keel, leave, Stewart, Keel, Duvall, exactly. all that that whole Stewart train. and Duvall didn't even. I guess go we had anywhere. Matt, Matt, Hurt, <laughs> Matt Hurt came back. I forgot Matt Hurt had right. a yeah. incredible yeah. sophomore season. Right. Yeah, Hurt came back. Trey, we got Trey back. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah. it's okay. never really in clusters though. We haven't seen it in clusters. Um, you'd have to go. You'd have to go probably all the way back to twenty. And this wasn't one and done, but 2010 when Nolan and Kyle both come back yeah, to run yeah. it back. You know, yeah. that's probably the last time we've seen something like that. But yeah, but to your point about them, you know, perhaps staying longer if you get them for that second year. A guy like Grayson's a great example. A guy like Mason Plumley's a great example. He had some yeah. draft buzz after his first year, but he would have been like late first, early second. So he stayed, and then he ends up staying four years. Yeah, even Kyle yeah. Singler. Yeah, that's another good example. He could have gone after one year. These days, he probably would. Yeah, but you get them back, and then it starts to at least with the the three year graduation plan being an option. You come back for year two. It's kind of like, well, hey, you know, one more, you can graduate this thing, you know. Um, and the NIL money being there for certain guys, so you know, it would to me this year is more about like I want to return them just because I like this team and I want to see them mm-hmm. keep growing and develop. That was been such a cool thing this year of just that in-season player development um that i'd like to see it kind of what does that look like for in an off season in a next season well not just that i mean it takes us from a kind of middling team like we were for a lot of this year to surefire contender yeah a, right a t- title favorite honestly yeah. maybe not the favorite but one of them yeah i mean you a get flip and and flip. Yeah. yeah you get those two back it it instantly raises our ceiling, but more importantly, it gives us a very clear identity as a team, right? Mm-hmm. This is our guy, our guard. This is our guy, our big guy. Um, and then it's sprinkling in everything else around that. But you have clear identity of what you got. Um, I think it allows everybody else to excel, too, because it's like it defines the roles, right? Like in Baco, you're going to take advantage of his spot up shooting, which looks really good. Foster the same way. Um, yeah. You know, McCain can be like a little bit of a slasher. Stewart can be a kind of a switch everything defender, you know, back up big. And so it just kind of clarifies everything and takes pressure off the guys. Because that's why we struggled at the beginning of this year is we didn't have that fallback. Roach wasn't playing well. Right. So there was nobody to fall back on when the freshmen weren't immediately ready. Yeah. And I'd like to not put that on a McBacco. I think he can be yeah. good, but I do think uh, in terms of carrying a team, I'm just, I haven't seen enough yet to, to think, okay, let's put him in there and give him the ball and get out of the way. Um, and I just don't think that's how John's wanting to coach anyway. So if, 
if we're going to play this sort of kind of um, everyone gets to eat style, you need good Spread guys. It around. Yeah, yeah, you need yeah, good yeah. guys to do that with, right? You can't, you don't want equal treatment if the talent's not equal. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what kind of pans on that. Um, one thing that I guess I I thought about lively if he, if he did for whatever reason decide to come back, I mean, you, you got a lot more shooters on next year's squad. There's a lot more space for him down low. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, you're not able to crowd him as well when you've got McCain and Foster. Theoretically, though, right? Theoretically, like, sure, I mean, sure, 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 sure. Theoretically. Can't say that. They're, yeah. I mean, Matt Jones was the best shooter in his class, and <laughs> I don't think his freshman right. year would he hit, like, Three, oh, it was like three of 24 or something crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if Wobbly comes back and we're thinking, unless you're thinking Wobbly comes back and Flip doesn't, and we run this awesome like four out one in thing. But if Flip and Wobbly come back, you still got the three issue. Like we would have MM replacing MM. And I think you still have like similar concerns probably there. Yeah. Um, but you got to think of sophomore proctors probably shooting closer to 40% from three. Um, Foster McCain shoot all of those guys look like they can they can really shoot the ball. So yeah, you know, um, and maybe even Lively starts shooting the ball a little bit better too, and it really opens things up. But just let me insert that I didn't mean for Matt Jones to catch a stray right here. In this yeah, yeah, no, I, I hey, like Matt Jones. He he got us champion. Yeah, right? the national, national championship got us got us. But past I will that say, I will go back and quote Jaleel though, when he when Tyus asked him if he was going to pass it to Matt, and he was like, "Nah, let that ish be known. <laughs> I ain't passing it." I mean, he was joking, but yeah, you know. yeah. Um, what I mean, Matt did make the biggest shot uh, when we won the ACC championship. What year was that? Twenty seventeen. Yeah, against Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah huge shot there. Huge shot. Um, yeah. Yeah, Matt Jones. Yeah, and and obviously, the Gonzaga game too. Yeah, the Gonzaga game. That was probably his best game. Right? Yeah, that was one of his best games ever, right there. Um, yeah. So shout out to Maddie. Yeah. But uh, well, you know, fellas, it kind of sucks. This is the last one of the season. Obviously, we'll do some more of these across the the way here, but uh, probably take a little bit of a break. Just kind of recollect, come back and do, I guess, some draft talk. Maybe would be our next thing or. Um, who stays, who goes, that sort of stuff. Once we get Try some to clarity. line up some interviews too. So. Yeah, like to get some guests. Kinda I know like Watson's going to come back. Yeah. yeah, I know John will be back on shortly. Um, like to get some other guys. I like to try to get an NBA or a scouting guy on to talk about some of the draft. Maybe we'll get Travis Branham back on or somebody like that too to talk about the recruiting class. I know Geisinger um, mentioned that as well. So um, hopefully we can we can load some stuff up, but. You know, pick your head up, Duke fans. You know, I think it was a great year overall. Um, you know, anytime we get to we get to hang a banner, you know, I think you got to appreciate that, especially for John. It was a lot of validation, I thought, for him. The decision, there's a lot of talk about that. Um, it didn't end the way we wanted to, but in a crapshoot tournament and a single elimination game, yeah, I've seen too many well. of these yeah. to where I can't just stack the whole season on that. Um, you know, it's just if you put it in that context, we've only know, had five good seasons, right? And right. And you just thing. it's just hard to do. I know the fans want to do that. Um, and I've done that for a lot of years when I was younger too. But you know, um, like you said, we've only had five good seasons. If you've done that, hard to hard to put it in that kind of perspective. Yeah. But um, you know, in the meantime, rate review, subscribe, email us at the devil's den pod at gmail.com. Check us out on the boards at the devil's den.com. Um, like we said, this summer, try to get some guests, deep dive into some draft stuff, really start to unpack this recruiting class a little bit. 
Um, yeah, keep the faces strong in the verb high. Go Duke.